<laughs> do it anyway. Well, first I'll report that Harrison Ford has suffered a shoulder injury on the set of Indiana Jones 5 because he shouldn't be making Indiana Jones 5. What the? You hush your mouth. He should make them as long as he wants to. Well, I don't think he really should. Welcome to the Backpack Show where we debate whether or not stars should have film roles as they're heading towards 80. Where we bring you success from unusual places. That one. That one. Today we have an incredible lineup because yesterday we sure didn't. That's ridiculous. Don't see things like that. That's so untrue. But today we do have an amazing lineup, so that part is true. We have Bhavneet Shahal, the co-founder of Go Skills, a New Zealand-based training company, and she is amazing. Kia ora. Has- <laughs> and we also have Kevin Irvin, who, if you might remember, a little while back, we featured Oliver Scholars and talked about how they help students, to, that really promising students, to get to resources they wouldn't otherwise have. So he has gone on to do great things with Change for Kids. He's the executive director, and he's doing some really cool other things that we're going to talk about in music. We've got all the things. Welcome to the Backpack Show with your hosts, Chris Brogan and Carrie Gargone. Boom shakalaka. Best selling author Len Joy is in our audience for the first no time. No way. In about 75 months. Len. We're going to really Len. rename I have the his book still back there. He is an award winning sports fiction author. I think there's another one coming soon, too. Uh, in the immortal words of Rob Halford, you've got another one coming. Papa Brogan is here. <gasps> my father, my biological father, Steve Brogan, <laughs> joins us as well. How long many times my mom has come to the show? None. I'm thinking none. Um, <laughs> I, think we have to, I think we have to grab Bob and we have to talk about uh, skills and learning and how crazy that we get to talk about education in both segments. We never make the segments go together. It's on purpose. We try not to make them go together. So normally Kevin would be like, a, I don't know, an assassin or something. But These the two are that, so cool. They make me feel like I'm sitting at the cool kids table in the cafeteria. Yeah, I never got invited. Me neither. Um, that's why this is so exciting. So let's grab it. Bob, how the heck are you? Welcome to the show. <laughs> I'm great. Thank you so much. Great to be here. (laughs) I don't think I sat at the cool kids table for the record. (laughs) Well, now you make the kids table cool, whatever kids table you're at. So amazing. So Bob, we're going to talk about the business, obviously. There's so much to talk about, but you've lived like all over the world. So for me, that was the most intriguing thing I first heard about you. I think you were living in, is it Berlin or Hong Kong when I first, probably Berlin. So yeah. how did this how'd this happen? When did you just start like becoming a citizen of the world? Where did you live? <laughs> so I was born in Malaysia. Um, and at the age of 10, my family moved to New Zealand. I spent my formative years in New Zealand. Um, went to school there, university, worked there for a few years, and um, decided that I wanted to live in a big city. Moved to Sydney, Australia. Um, lived there for about three years. And then um, I followed a boy to Hong Kong, (laughs) lived there for six years. Um, And then, and I started, we started Go Skills when I was in Sydney. And um, right from the beginning, my co-founder was in New Zealand, I was in Australia. So we were remote from day one and we just grew the company that way. Um, And so after six years in Hong Kong, thought that um, might as well make the most of this, um, of the distributed remote company and live in places I like. So 
spent three months in Berlin one summer, um, spent a few months in New York. Now I'm in San Diego. <laughs> because what is why next? <laughs> <laughs> next, are you already planning that or are you just like question um san diego is nice um but it's still a tiny bit too cold for me i'm i very much uh, love the heat <laughs> so maybe a little bit further south um maybe mexico or kind of thinking puerto rico or costa rica <laughs> do you have any recommendations keep going south. no i don't <laughs> like it hot i wouldn't have gone to any of those places <laughs> <laughs> we have friends in all of those places, though, because Mexico City, we have our friend Horacio and uh, Farima Molina, the two actors. We have friends in Puerto Rico uh, with, uh, for instance, Colón. Raul and uh, John Lee Dumas and a few others. Uh, in Costa Rica, we had a guest on who was living in Costa Rica for just a little while. And her place looked kind of cool. So who knows? Amazing. I'll, I'll uh, hit you up. We were talking so, to the film festival doctor. Do you remember she was living outside Mexico City and her power That's went also out. who I was thinking about as well. Her power just went out and then she was gone. <laughs> we're like, oh no. So we'll have you to have can, her back. You sometimes don't have all the best power. I mean, Sydney obviously is a real place. So is, you know, uh, <laughs> Berlin. But there's other places you might live that you don't get all the power. Um, there's a lot of people who went back and started picking up skills during the pandemic. This business started years ago, but it seems like it was flawlessly designed bite-sized courses uh, for the pandemic, you must have seen business just pick up like ridiculously. Yeah, yeah. So last year, we did see quite a large uptick in businesses looking for online training, um, especially in April. You can literally see the spike in our charts. Um, so yeah, it did, it did well during that time. Um, we sell to both consumers and businesses. Um, and to... A lot of uh, consumers, like individuals, um, weren't really sure about th their financial security. So we did offer discounts during that time as well to individuals um, and to uh, allow them to do something um, while they're working from home and still feel like they're productive. But we definitely saw a huge um, uptick from, yeah, we companies wanting to do remote. So <laughs> productive. I remember one of my bosses at the time saying, don't don't spend all of this extra time on work. And I was like, extra what the what extra time? My kids are here doing homeschool. I am now. But that's one of the selling points of of your your platform is it's bite sized, which is yes. uh, so I I designed poorly uh, courses myself for my company owner media group, and my first version of it was just like as many hours as I could stack into it, and as much I because I kept thinking value to people would equal volume uh because that's how a lot of people buy but i i sense that probably since you started you've you've tuned this and as you've gone along through the years you've decided more and more this has to be chewable what are your modules like what are the sizes like if someone decides they're going to come and buy one of these things what's it feel like yeah so it, you have a good point though people do see value in volume and that was uh an issue we faced when we first launched so um, when we launched, I, I sort of didn't like what I saw in the, in the space. So we launched in 2013, sort of at the beginning of um, the whole online courses revolution. And um, I saw a lot of people just taking like hour long lectures, what they would normally do in, in person, in class and putting it online and calling it an online course. Um, but I didn't think that that was great, a great experience, especially because if you're learning online, you know, like I've got multiple tabs open all the time. I'm constantly distracted. I'm not going to sit down and just watch a video for an hour. So 
we wanted very, very short, to the point, concise videos, so three to three to five minute videos. Um, but then when we launched, um, all our competitors were um, selling, like what you said, you know, volume, um, and they were advertising you know, 20 hours of content or 30 hours of content. And we were like, um, our, our main course was an Excel course, and it was four hours of content. <laughs> so it was hard to, um, it was hard to sort of show that that's actually valuable, that it's shorter. <laughs> Would you want to watch more than four hours of Excel content? Like I <laughs> probably wouldn't. So what made you realize then back then that this was something to get into? Because there were, I mean, there have been for years, lots of people making online courses, my esteemed colleague among them. So what made you look at that marketplace and think we can really make a dent in this? What did you do differently? So it actually started because uh, I worked at Groupon um, in Sydney, Australia. So Groupon, as you know, the Daily Deals website, um, uh, they sell local deals like massages, restaurants, and things like that, as well as products. And products are defined as anything that can be um, delivered nationwide. And worldwide, the top selling product in both verticals was online courses um, because it could be delivered nationwide. There was a huge there, there was huge um, margins on online courses. And they were just ridiculously popular. Whenever there was an Excel deal, for example, it just sold like hotcakes. So that was my insight into the demand for online courses. Um, I then went ahead and bought some of the um, top courses at Groupon. Didn't think they were any good, but I could see how much they were making. And I could see what, how it worked, basically, with Groupons and the commissions and um, how they were selling it around the world. Um, so thought that we could create a high quality online course um, and sell it back through Groupon. So that's what we did. We launched on Groupons <laughs> and, and other daily deal websites. <laughs> well, so we all know that uh, it's really easy to make your CV look like a straight line after the fact. You can go back and really peel it and say, you know, I went from Groupon, you did the Stingray project where you're building apps and all that right into Go Skills. That's not how it really went. But it's, it really does seem like you were driven towards a particular line, which is more true. Is it more true that you're able to retrofit your entire career now into this place that drives you to this running of ghost skills? Or like, were you this really like a 12 year old at the playground digging in the sand thing saying, one day I'll make digital courses? <laughs> that was digital courses when we were at the playground Christopher. i'm just saying some people are like that some people when they're like you know in the womb are like i must make a course i did Another used to sit my toys up and teach to them i did that <laughs> i really wish i could say something like that like oh you know i was born to revolutionize education or something like that right but absolutely I mean, you not say it. <laughs> No, it was absolutely a zigzag jungle gym um, experience. So my background is biotech, um, molecular biotech. I really enjoyed maths and sciences in school, and I did a degree in biotech um, and realized in my last year of that degree that I hated working in a lab. Um, and I entered a student business competition um, at, at university and really enjoyed um, entrepreneurship. I then did a master's in entrepreneurship really enjoyed that course, um, started a business. Uh, that didn't go very well. That failed quite miserably. <laughs> um, and then worked for a biotech company um, and then got this job at Groupon, which is absolutely unrelated to any of my experience. 
I actually only worked for Groupon uh, for about five months. Um, but because I had Groupon on my CV, I was picked up by an app development company um, for, to do an uh, account director, I think, um, job, um, which was fine, but uh, I didn't really enjoy it. And I was worried that they were going to fire me, actually, at that job. Um, and so I thought, oh, my God, what am I going to do? And then I remembered, oh, Excel courses sold so well on Groupon. Let's just try that. <laughs> so, no, it's not a straight line. It's a massive zigzag, messy maze. <laughs> but you waited. I mean, like you, so you remembered that opportunity when you saw it. And then, you know, brought it to fruition when the timing was right for you. Yeah, that's right. Well, kind of. I mean, if I had enjoyed my job, I think, um, after Groupon, I probably wouldn't have started Go Skills. I would have just kept working. Um, it was because I was in this situation where I, I was in the process of being fired. <laughs> I didn't want to look for another job. <laughs> well, this gets like a, this is a better story the longer you tell it. Like, pretty soon you're going to have it. <laughs> Getting closer and closer to you with like a little box of tchotchkes off your desk getting thrown out by security. Just waiting for yeah. that story to evolve. More so or less. There I was, back against the wall. The window was half open. There was a rope. Uh, so in the process, Carrie, Carrie said to me and pointed out to me that you're also uh, doing this scholarship, which you're calling the Scholarship for Women Who Want to Be the Boss. Talk a little bit about that project because that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so basically, um, like as a female founder, I've never really thought that. Um, well, OK, first of all, I went to uh, an all girls high school. Um, so I don't think these are common in the States, but they're quite common in New Zealand. And in high school, I just felt like I didn't even think about gender, really. Like I just thought girls could do absolutely anything and really strong feminist values were embedded in me. And so I never thought anything about like, you know, doing um, my science courses or doing entrepreneurship or starting a business. It was just really natural. Um, and as I got older, I sort of saw that um, maybe I did have quite a unique experience and I wanted it to, I just wanted to share with the world <laughs> that um, girls can absolutely do anything. And, um, and my experience is with entrepreneurship. And so I wanted to support other girls that want to start their own businesses and um, show that, um, yeah, that, it, that it doesn't really matter <laughs> about gender and, um, and, and just to send the message that, um, I'll make it more normal, I guess, for uh, females to start their own businesses and um, change that that imbalance that we sort of see in the startup world. I can be like, I'm not fired. I'm going to start my own business. <laughs> you fire me, I launched the company. Uh, I don't know how exactly, that right? normally works. But listen, you know, we have to go and we have so much we have to move on. But, you know. No, don't go away, though. Don't you go away because we got to ask you some more questions. But uh, one of the things I'm thinking about is just sell this damn company because you have some more things to launch. Like you're not done. You have so many next big things to do. Just get this one out of the way. Sell it. Linda, probably, you know, give it to the LinkedIn boys or something. Let them make mistakes. Boys, give it to the LinkedIn women. She literally supports a scholarship for women who want yeah, to you be know the runs boss. The, you know, runs the courses at LinkedIn. I'll tell you right now, a bunch of dudes. So, oh, are those really good? Is that why GoSkills is doing such a brisk business? Because everybody saying, else is. Sell the goddamn company. So I don't care to who. That's just the one. Right. Sell it. 
So sell right. the company. That's, that's how you Come realize on, value. Get out of there. Um, can you can you help us with there. that, Chris? <laughs> I, I'm doing M and A's all month. Let's go. Um, I'll help you. And then uh, listen, I just one side commentary thing here about you know. Uh, Carol was saying how she loves Excel courses, which there I feel is, like tracks. <laughs> like if you know Carol, there is no one more wizardly in the strangest ways with Excel. She just thinks Excel can't and shouldn't do. Like she's made an Excel time machine. So yeah. all I'm saying is, should you? Your Excel can make biscuits. Yeah. <laughs> Excel um, is so powerful; it's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's things I've never seen it do, though. It's just anyway. So listen, yeah. stick backstage. <laughs> we we got to ask you more things. Sell your damn company. Um, you have so much more to do. Bob Shahal, stay with us, but thank you. Before you do, give all the employees stock, okay? Thanks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you know, give them a little bite of it on the way out. Yeah. Right, we're putting you on. We're going to read some ads, and then we're grabbing. Throw some of it in their cardboard box. Everybody, you got to now's your moment. <laughs> okay. So, listen, things to do. Uh, Want to hey. podcast? Hey. <laughs> Yes. Would. You know what's funny was Janice started saying hey after the ad <laughs> yesterday. Dr. Janice. You start um, so many trends. Hey, would you like a podcast? You could get one. Castos.com. They're a great podcasting host. That's how we get the backpack show. Everywhere you can get podcasts. Don't like our face? Go to Castos. Oh, for heaven's hey. sake. Those two hey, things are not related. Would you like to launch your own video show? It's pretty easy. Just get your seabrogan.me uh, slash stream yard. Quack. And then uh, find some good guests, you know, maybe someone who's way overqualified and running a corporation she find should sell. Women who want to be the boss. Right. And all of our scholars, alumnus. And wait till you hear Kevin. Oh, my God. I know. We have so, so much. Exciting. So, hey, uh, streamer. Hey, would you like a dot online <laughs> domain? They're cheap. You can get one for a buck if you want. Seabrogan.me slash online. Just use the code CHRIS in all caps. One dollar for a dot online domain. It kills me that it's all caps. Can they just do it like lowercase as well? No, dude, I didn't write the code. Hey, have you ever wanted to watch another show? Uh, There's a show called Intercultural Spark that Deanna (laughs) Shaw's sponsored. You can come and watch it. It's Thursdays at 10 a.m. Central. She's a really great interviewer. She's done way better with some of. We've had same guests on both shows, and I watch her show. I'm like, hey, why didn't they say that to us? Because we're not Deanna. Hey. Do you want a search engine that's not Google? Do you want to stop, you know, giving it to the man? Presearch.com. It's a decentralized search engine. There's cryptocurrency involved. You could be cooler Crypto than all your friends. rewards. They don't charge you. It's like you if you remember to log in, Christopher, they mm. will give you crypto rewards for just using the site. Presearch.com. It's really cool. I just read all the ads. You are so funny. They're still talking about Excel, by the way. You know, there's a bunch of nerds. um so listen up punks uh we had uh i don't remember her name but she was so lovely from all of her scholars and we learned all kinds of stuff and it was just very moving and we were like well come on you got to find us like one or two really uh big deals from there and they said well probably kevin irvin like they didn't even have to they didn't think about dr deidre franklin deidre franklin there we go thank you kevin probably hangs out with her but so, you know, we got the best one. We told them, forget about those other ones. They're fun, I'm sure. But You're ridiculous. We actually have others coming up. So don't say oh, that. Sh- no, we get the best one first. Okay. Brooklyn in the house. We have Kevin Irvin. So I'm going to get him. Look at the studio that he's in. I have studio envy. Hey, Kevin. Oh, my God. So do I. How are you guys? There's. The, I'm watching NBA, this Excel throwdown unfold in the comments. Yeah, there's this big conversation about Excel. Um, I I thank God for people like Carol because I have no interest in Excel. 
<laughs> quick, save us, save us from this. Um, I do my so best. You go Wonderful. to Oliver Scholars, or you become part of the project at Oliver Scholars. You do something. What's that like? What's the before and what's the during and after? Uh, like what happened? Like tell tell us where you, where you were in life when this all went down. Definitely. So I uh, am a, a black male, as you all can see, from uh, Brooklyn, New York. Yeah, I was surprised too uh, each day when I wake up. Uh, and I was going to a public school right here in New York City. And my guidance counselor found out about Oliver Scholars, which at that point was called the Albert G. Oliver Program. And I went and they told my mother about these wonderful independent boarding schools in America and how they could really help me get into great colleges. And my mother said, absolutely not. He's not going to go away to school for the entire year. And then I have a Jewish mother who ran the summer camp that I attended each summer who said, he must go. You must let him go. So uh, I went to Oliver Scholars twice a week, every week to study for the SSAT, which is sort of the baby SATs. It's what you take to get into uh, high schools that are, are privatized or, or independent schools. And it, it wasn't really a big deal to me. I sort of thought, if I get in, I get in. If I don't, I don't. Uh, Oliver really prepared us for the interview process and prepared us for the academics that we were going to see there, which were nothing like what I experienced in public school. And I was accepted to the Hotchkiss School, which if anyone asks, um, or if anyone's honest, it's the best boarding school in America, probably in the world. Um, and the fall after my eighth grade uh, graduation, I was off to the races. One of, you know, maybe 10 or 12 uh, people of color in a school of 500 students, completely shell-shocked. They had, uh, uh, you know, amazing food and, who wants to eat school food? No kids want to eat school food, but we wanted to eat that stuff. We had dorm parents. We had socials. They had sports that I'd never heard of. I'm from Brooklyn. I only saw softball and basketball and flag football. And when what I was there, I played soccer, I, I played soccer, ice hockey, and lacrosse. I was the only black thing on the ice hockey uh, uh, rink and the only black thing on the uh, lacrosse field. There were tons of black people don't play hockey, soccer. Kevin. That's not even allowed. Oh, oh we do. No, we do. Ask Anson Carter and ask Jerome McGinley. We do. We do. Okay. okay. We definitely do. Chris, um, I, I have to totally oh, give you sorry. a yellow card Kevin, for that sorry. because that's ridiculous. So I need a tiny sec to reprimand my colleague if you'll give me a second. Boom shakalaka. Yellow card, Brogan. And Brogan is going down like a bag of hammers tonight. Watch it. Sorry, Watch Kevin. yourself, Chris. Okay. We'll, we'll we'll take it. Just look it up. You know, PK Subin. There, there's a bunch of us. We're we're making it happen these days. And then I was afforded scholarships to go to graduate. Uh, excuse me, undergrad at Northeastern Graduate School at NYU. And most recently, I've been afforded a scholarship. Seventeen years late because they didn't give me one the first time around to Berklee College of Music, where I will be attending this fall in their inaugural New York City program. So wow. uh, very similar to Bob. I didn't have a straight line. I tell young people all the time that success really looks like this. And that's what's happened to me. Well, definitely reach out to the people we had on the backpack show from Berkeley's online program. We'll, um, we'll get you some absolutely. contact there. So you can at least have some pals yeah. on the inside. We want to hear Definitely. about change Definitely. for kids before we go. I, I have questions from back, but we have some change for kids we need to talk about. Absolutely. So change for kids, I, I landed at this wonderful organization uh, where we create opportunities for kids so that they can overcome inequity. Um, at Change for Kids, we partner with 
schools all across New York City, uh, about 5,000 students, where we look at what young people actually need, not, not just the academic side, not just the social emotional learning side, but we try to nurture agency in young people so that young people are able to not over overcome the inequities that they face, but to demolish them. Honestly, I started working with young people and working with Change for Kids because I was trying to recreate my Hotchkiss experience for young people right here in New York City who look like I do, who come from where I come from. I didn't feel like, hey, I'm special, so I should be the only one who have these advantages. Every young person who looks like I do uh, should have these advantages as well. So we've been kicking and screaming as long as I've been there. I mean, everything from uh, music education, arts education. We built a fully digital system this uh, this past pandemic. I wish I knew Bob at that point uh, because I needed all the help that I could get. Um, we we opened a remote learning center this fall, 30,000 square feet in the Bronx for 500 kids every single week where kids nice. were able to not have to be stuck at home, left to their own devices, literally own devices, where they could have vested interests from adults every single day. And we're actually having our end of the year carnival tomorrow. Woo. Yeah. But I mean, what have you actually done? <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, let me ask you this question though. Cause as, as you were saying all this, and you're talking about what you did for change for kids, could you have taken what you were given the scholarship and all that stuff? Could you have just taken that and not given back? Is it like a requirement that you had to go and do all this or is this just you doing this? So it's, it's not a requirement. We, we are, you know, strongly instilled with service, both at Oliver Scholars and at the Hotchkiss School. But right. I honestly think I got this from my mother. When I was on my way to Hotchkiss, my mom said to me, I don't know if the grass is greener on the other side, but if it is, don't stay there. You learn how to plant that grass and you come over here and you plant it for us. I didn't know what that meant when I was 13, but when I got about 21, I figured it out and I started planting that grass right here. That's a that's a thing of beauty because you could have dipped. You could have been like, "Well, thanks for that scholarship." Kept I got you. mine. Yep. yep, and you didn't. You said, "I'm going to bring up other people. You're going to raise up more people." That's a crazy experience. I hate this question. I hate this question, but I keep wanting to ask you this question. If if none of this had been made available to you, what would you have done? I don't, I, I, I don't know. I, I think I'd think the worst about what my situation could have been because I have friends and family members who didn't end up in the best places. I have friends and family members who ended up uh, you know, in prison or, or doing some wrong thing, or maybe I wouldn't have had the opportunity at this particular level to enact change. Um, so I, I try not to think about the what ifs. I, I try to think about the future and, and bringing up folks to that desired hopeful end. Who's, who's Jamelli, by the way? I gotta I gotta dig in on this. Who's Jamelli? <laughs> <laughs> I, I have no I have no clue who that is. Oh, all right, because they're like your pal. I'm just like no, you. You have a fan. Yeah. Um, so listen, uh, that's a very 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 special woman in my life. Very special. Oh, <laughs> good to know. So listen, the whole uh, you know what what I ask that question. I hate that question. It's a terrible question, and it, it's it's one of those questions that feels like it could be racist. That's why I didn't want to ask it. But the other reason I ask it is because. I mean, people don't feel that hope. They don't feel that chance. They don't think that someone's going to tap their shoulder and go, listen, there's another way. Like if yeah. you have money, but you still have to put in the school, you still have to do the work. You know, you, nobody writes those tests for you. You got to do all that work. Right. Uh, but, but you did get a door opened that didn't happen to some people. So does that empower you? 
Hey, Joseph from the hospital. Good to see you, buddy. Wow, Joseph's here from the hospital. Patrick, sick. You shouldn't do this, Joseph. Board. You're going to get really excited. I, I can't help it. I'm too excited. Kevin, um, what does that fill you with? What, I mean, does that does that set you on a path? Like, you're not going to buy, like, five burger franchises and call it good. <laughs> Absolutely not. Though maybe one or two if I get the opportunity to. Um, but I, I think that I often tell people, that young people in urban areas, uh, those of color from places where I've come from, they will always meet the expectation. We have just expected them to do the wrong things or, or, or not necessarily the things that we think will you know, enact the change that we want them to see. We told young people from the hood, if you play basketball, you'll get out of the hood, you'll be great. You'll be great and you'll be rich. And guess what? We became the greatest basketball players. We said, if you, you uh, you know, play sports, you'll be able to do that. But we haven't told folks if you go to Harvard or Yale, you, you'll be the greatest at that. But when we start to really say that more and more than we say just, uh, you know, the NBA or the NFL or what have you, then you'll see many, many more people of color and from where I'm from going to Harvard and Yale. If you give us an inch, we'll take it for a mile. I didn't even need the door to be open. Just the fact that they cracked it allowed me to run in and I'm going to meet and exceed the expectations every time. Carrie, I've been thinking. hugging him. I was just thinking that there's plenty of people who've had lots of opportunities to go to college and continue their education and are like, meh, and just don't. So, and yet go on to do great things. But I think what's interesting about both you and Bob is that you saw opportunity and took it, you know, and ran with it and have done great things with it. And both of you are giving back, which is so interesting because it's not like I chose you to appear together. <laughs> it's like it just worked out. This thing just lines right up. Hey, listen, you want to buy a software company? I've got one for sale now. <laughs> uh, they sell online. I, I don't courses. have any. I don't have any money. I, I nobody needs money. You no, know, get David Mulling. Kevin, baby, I, I, we got money. That's what investors are for. We'll help you out with this. Yeah, get you David Mulling. Here, I'm, br I'm, I'm bringing Bob it. back in. Bob, I got this. <laughs> I got this prospective buyer for your company. Um, yes. What's he gonna What's he gonna know about running your company? What What do you tell a guy like Kevin who's going to the sky, you know, and who comes up in a way that he came up like you did? He He did get to go to the fancy school. He did get to go boarding. He get to eat good food, play lacrosse. I've never played lacrosse. Uh, what do you tell a guy like that? He's gonna run your company now. Um. What What do you mean? <laughs> go for well, it. <laughs> so, so listen, listen. You You're sitting at the board. You've done the last paperwork. You've signed the last thing. Eighty five lawyers are bloody on the ground, and you're handing over the keys to the front door in the washroom. Yeah. You know what's the advice? What do you say to him? It's your company now. You know how do you guide a person like this who's definitely going to run some company that I'm going to have to work at? <laughs> Um, I think just, I, I mean, I would, for me, I would like the company to move to a next level, right? I'd like um, the same values that we have to be carried on in the future and um, just like move it up, move it to the next level um, that it can be. <laughs> I don't, I've, I've never been in that situation before where I, where I had to give someone advice on running my company. <laughs> oh, well, Bob, yeah. if I may, as an outsider, uh, Bob has very high standards and everyone who works for the company is going to meet them, not because she will like dress them down or something, but because if they don't, she'll make them do stuff again until they do. So they learn very quickly to just do it right the first I do. time. I'm extremely pedantic and I am I'm a bit of a perfectionist. <laughs> so, Kevin, how did you deal with the perfectionist coming up? How did you how did you pick that up? I 
had a mother who told me to do it again when I did it wrong. So when I was younger, I used to want to sing like Cisco, uh, not necessarily the thong song Cisco, some of his ballads. And uh, when I was in the living room practicing, she'd come out and she'd say, you know, that note towards the end was wrong. Sing it again. I was like, mom, but I was just like sort of practicing on my own. She's like, great. If you want to do this, you're going to do it excellently. So practice it again. Um, and I've just been off to the races since then. See, I love it. So just do it again till you get better at it. I'm so excited about this. I can't, I don't know how you're going to pick a person of the day today, by the way. I, I have uh, in mind yeah. who I would pick, but. Really want you to sign it today. No. I, ab I abdicate my rule. <laughs> Thrones open. <laughs> Okay, uh, then. If that's the case, I mean, I'll I'll run with it. But you got to be real sure you're ready to relinquish that responsibility. Just today. Oh, and here's our person of the day. Kaboom! Bam! <laughs> person All of the day. Jamelli. There you go. Keep it in the family. There you that go. Gets you a, an apple. All you have to do is go to the store and purchase it and then wash it really good. <laughs> And if it's me, I'm putting it into a pie. But you do what you want with it because you earned it. All right. We have come to that part of the show where we ask every single guest who's ever been on what goes in your backpack. This could be something physical. It could be something metaphorical. Carrie, what's an example of something good physical someone could put in a backpack? <sighs> Extra set of teeth. I mean, you just never know. Extra set of teeth. That's a good one. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that yeah. was from uh, DJ Cummerbund, who's a mashup artist, world famous mashup artist, and a wrestling Jessica. fan. And a wrestling fan. He is a Macho Man Randy Savage fan. Uh, and a freelance DJ butcher. Cummerbund, freelance butcher in Brooklyn, by the way. He's in your. He's yeah. in your neighborhood. Um, and also, he's new uh, to Cameo, so he's one of those guys that you pay on Cameo to pretend you have friends. Oh, um, or it could be something metaphorical. What's something metaphorical you could throw in? I never come up with anything good for this. Hmm. Kindness. I think kindness. Kindness. That's a really good one. Mm -hmm. All right. Bob, what are we going to put in the backpack for you today? So in my backpack for success, I would fill it up full of compliments. <laughs> oh, that's because... a very good answer. <laughs> Thank you. Compliments because flattery will get you everywhere. <laughs> That's what I always say about you is you've really got some great compliments. Um, <laughs> even if you don't take it to the compliment level, I think you're so right. They're like just treating people, like giving them positive attention will get you a yeah. long way. Exactly. Know? I think if you want to um, win, win someone over or get away with something that's not particularly by the books, um, you know, just just dole out compliments. Be generous with your compliments, and you have it'll to be, be seen doing it. <laughs> you want to you want to develop a, a leader. Uh, you have to keep knighting people to make leaders. So wait a second, yeah. wait a second. This just in. Doo -doo 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 -doo. Uh, we we got to understand what what's up with this banana pudding <laughs> in the backpack. <laughs> is this scratch? This isn't like Jello brand banana pudding no 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 this is this is from from scratch from the deep deep south this is something that sticks to your ribs and your soul this is something that will uh make your life that much better uh so this is something that anyone should carry that wants a happy day is it just like banana and some sweets or something or is there a little topping like banana. Banana. it's pudding that tastes like banana <laughs> Well, there's pudding in it. There, there are actual bananas. There's uh, vanilla wafers in it. But I, I can't Steve. give away all the secrets. 
My, my mom is, you know, going to kill me. Okay, don't tell mom. All right, Kevin Irvin, we need to know what goes in the backpack for you. Definitely. So in my backpack, I, I have two items if that if that's allowed. It's um, I carry some Reese's sticks because uh, in my life, when I'm happiest and most stressed, they bring me comfort. And I would carry God with me. God is my Amex. I never leave home without him. Uh, every every challenge that I face, every hurdle, every open door, he's been there with me every step of the way. So Reese's sticks and God. That's a very interesting mix. I like it. <laughs> I think both are necessary in their place. I mean, Joe Jaffe just got off the uh, surgeon's table yesterday. So literally, yes, he Quite had heart literally. surgery. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm sure he's he's uh, down for probably both. <laughs> Now we're talking about Apparently, I don't know what's happening. Oh, Montreal has some great bagels, but Carol says Leslie. Not, guess not like New York. Leslie's gunning for my job. Oh, here we go with the Montreal versus New York bagels thing. Don't because she will send you a big ass box. Way too many bagels. bagels. To try. <laughs> I I will take it. I will take it. I love bagels. With I'm, a, I'm a real life New Yorker. With instructions <laughs> on how to properly how to prepare them. them. Yeah. So. Uh, my grandmother did have a vote in the bagel wars, by the way, being from Maine, of course, a uh, total absolute authority on bagels. And what my grandmother said is the one way that you can really decide where the best bagels are going to be.